1: This is the extended edition of the Coffee Break Spanish Magazine. It's the 12th of December 2012. Estás escuchando Coffee Break Spanish? You're listening to the Coffee Break Spanish Magazine. My name's Mark, and I'm your host for this show. In this week's episode, we'll be joining Alba in Barcelona, who's asking her interviewees what they would do if they won the lottery. Laura's frase idiomática is also about spending lots of money. She'll be teaching us how to say to splash out in Spanish. And in our Q&A section, JP and Nayeli will explain the Mexican word chale, which could well be used if you've just won the lottery. All this and more in this week's edition of... Y para la primera parte del programa de hoy, vamos a hablar con Alba. Venga Alba, cuéntanos, ¿qué tienes para nosotros hoy?
3: Hola gente, la pregunta de hoy es, si te tocara la lotería, ¿qué harías con el dinero?
1: This week's question is an interesting one. Si te tocara la lotería. If the lottery were to touch you, literally, if you won the lottery, ¿qué harías con el dinero? What would you do with the money? I will talk later about this combination of imperfect subjunctive and conditional. In the meantime, let's listen to the responses.
4: Lego lo, pidiera los sueños a mis viejos y y los míos y viajaría toda la vida.
5: Pues, ¿qué haría con el dinero de la lotería? Eh, me quitaría la hipoteca y estaría de vacaciones todo el día.
4: Pues seguramente compraría una casa en Barcelona porque nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí. ...y vendríamos todas las veces que pudiéramos... ...con nuestros hijos... ...y nada, no sé... ...el resto me imagino que como todo el mundo... ...algún capricho... un ...viajes...
3: Está claro que lo gastaría... ...eso de, de decir... ...no, yo lo doy a una ONG... ...no, eso no... ...primero lo gasto en mí... ...compraría una casa en la playa... ...un barco... ...un coche... Eh,
1: Now, this is perhaps the most complicated, the most difficult to understand selection of responses that we've had so far on the magazine, particularly because of the accents of the speakers. One of the other things that makes this episode a little more complicated is the ongoing use of a particular construction. We ask the question, what would you do if you won the lottery? And this combination of tenses in English triggers a combination of tenses in Spanish which is a little more complicated for learners. And that is the use of the imperfect subjunctive plus the conditional. Now, the conditional you're probably quite familiar with already. Me gustaría, or... Iria. It's the ending that has ia ias ia iamos iáis ian added normally to the infinitive of the verb or the future stem the irregular future stem in the case of for example valer valdría poner pondría and so on but the imperfect subjunctive is a different case altogether because the imperfect subjunctive has a different set of endings added to the normal stem of the verb and these endings are ara aras Ara, áramos, aráis, harán. So let's take the verb tocar, literally to touch, or in this case, if you were to win the lottery. Tocara, yo tocara, tú tocaras, él tocara, nosotros tocaramos, vosotros tocarais, ellos, ellas tocaran. So si te tocara la lotería, If you were to win the lottery, which is in itself a subjunctive form in English, ¿Qué harías con el dinero? What would you do with the money? So you're going to be hearing lots of imperfect subjunctives followed by conditionals in the responses. As usual, we're going to go through the answers again one by one and talk about the language and the phrases that the speakers have used. And in the first example, you'll hear the same Chilean accent that we heard last time.
4: Le compraría los, los sueños a mis viejos y, y los míos y viajaría toda la vida.
1: So, again, putting this into an accent that's maybe slightly more easy to understand. Les compraría los sueños a mis viejos y los míos y viajaría toda la vida. Now, you'll notice that when the speaker starts, she says, Le compraría los sueños a mis viejos, or something like that, and again, my bad Chilean accent. And that's interesting because le compraría sounds as if she's saying le, L-E. But in fact, the correct grammatical way of saying this would be les compraría. And again, due to the Chilean accent, she's aspirating her S, and therefore it sounds like le. Le compraría los sueños a mis viejos. And what she means here is that she would buy for her parents, sus viejos, her elders, the things that would fulfill their dreams. Literally, to them, les compraría, I would buy, los sueños, the dreams, a mis viejos, to my olds, to my parents. Les compraría los sueños a mis viejos y los míos, and my own ones, y viajaría toda la vida. And I would travel, All my life. Or in other words, I would travel for the rest of my life. Let's listen to our second interviewee.
5: Pues, ¿qué haría con el dinero de la lotería? Eh, Me quitaría la hipoteca y estaría de vacaciones todo el día.
1: The keyword that you may not understand in here is la hipoteca. La hipoteca is the mortgage. So she's saying, me quitaría la hipoteca, literally to me, I would quit the mortgage. I would get rid of my mortgage. Y estaría de vacaciones todo el día. And I would be on holiday all day long. Estaría the conditional tense of estar. Estaría de vacaciones todo el día. It's time now to move on to our third interviewee.
4: Pues seguramente compraría una casa en Barcelona porque nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí y vendríamos todas las veces que pudiéramos con nuestros hijos y nada no sé el resto imagino que como todo el mundo algún capricho un viajes.
1: So this answer is quite long. Let's split it up and listen to the first part.
4: Pues seguramente compraría una casa en Barcelona porque nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí y vendríamos todas las veces que pudiéramos con nuestros hijos.
1: So she begins by saying, Pues seguramente, surely, compraría una casa en Barcelona. I would buy a house in Barcelona. Porque nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí. Because we like it a lot, my husband and I. Notice in there, Nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí. We like it a lot, my husband and I. But because gustar a alguien, Is used to be pleasing to someone. We have to use, nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí. She goes on to say, vendríamos todas las veces que pudiéramos. This is very interesting. Vendríamos, we would come. Vendríamos todas las veces, all the times, que pudiéramos. Now, pudiéramos is another example of the imperfect subjunctive here. It's from the verb poder, to be able to, but in the imperfect subjunctive it becomes pudiera, pudieras, pudiera, pudieramos, pudierais, pudieran. And the reason it's used here is dependent on the bendría because it's another imperfect subjunctive and conditional pairing. If we were to win the lottery and if we were to buy this house, We would come to Barcelona as much as we could. And this could is thrown back into the imperfect subjunctive. She says then, Vendríamos todas las veces que pudiéramos. We would come all the times we could. So we would visit as much as possible. Let's listen to the next part of her answer.
4: Y nada, no sé. El resto, imagino que como todo el mundo, algún capricho... Um,
1: So she says here, nada, no sé, I don't know. And the word nada may seem a little strange in there. It means nothing, literally. But using it on its own here is like a shortened form of pues nada, pues nada, which is one of those phrases that you use as a filler. Pues nada, well, anyway. Pues nada, no sé, well, I don't know. And she goes on to say, eres tú. Me imagino que, como todo el mundo, so the rest, like I guess everyone else, algún capricho, some whim, some fancy, some desire, y viajes and journeys, travels. Let's just go back to that me imagino que. It's a useful phrase because it's used very much like in English where we would say I guess or I suppose. So, me imagino que como todo el mundo. I guess that like everyone else. And it's a phrase that you can use in your own speech that helps expand what you're saying. The rest, I imagine like everyone else. El resto, me imagino que como todo el mundo. And so on. Okay, do you feel ready for this final speaker? It is undoubtedly the most difficult accent that you've probably come across so far, certainly in Coffee Break Spanish episodes. Let's have a listen to the whole response.
3: Está claro que lo gastaría eso de, de decir, "No, yo lo doy a una ONG." No, eso no. Primero gasto en mí. Compraría una casa en la playa, un barco, un coche y, no sé, muchas cosas compraría, pero lo de la ONG lo dejaría al final. A lo mejor no queda bien, pero bueno, la verdad.
1: So this speaker is certainly being honest, perhaps indeed more honest than some of the other speakers but it's probably quite difficult to understand his accent. He is from Andalusia, in the south of Spain, and is using an accent that in some ways is similar to the Chilean Spanish that we've heard recently. One of the features of this accent is that s's are quite often swallowed a little. So rather than saying, lo gastaría, or está claro que, he says something like, está claro que lo gastaría...
3: Está claro que lo gastaría...
1: Listen again to what he says at the beginning, and he mentions una ONG, una ONG, una organización no gubernamental, an NGO, a non-governmental organization.
3: So
1: I'll say that more slowly. Eso de decir, no, yo lo doy a una ONG, no. Eso no. Primero lo gasto en mí. So this idea of donating it to charity, no. First things first, I spend it on me. Primero lo gasto en mí. Gastar, the verb to spend. And then he goes on to mention some of the things that he would spend it on.
3: Compraría una casa en la playa, un barco, un coche.
1: So that's straightforward enough. Una casa en la playa, a House on the beach, un barco, a, a boat, un coche, a car, and then just to make sure that we fully understand his intentions, he repeats what he said earlier.
3: Y, no
1: sé, muchas cosas compraría, many things I would buy, pero lo de la ONG lo dejaría al final. So, as far as donating it to charity, that would come last after he spent a lot of it on himself. Uh, This was one of uh, a number of humorous answers that this interviewee gave us, and you'll hear some of his other answers in other episodes. But he did add one other thing to the end of his response.
3: A lo mejor no queda bien, pero bueno, la verdad.
1: So that was really fast. He said, a lo mejor no queda bien, pero bueno, es la verdad.
3: A lo mejor no queda bien, pero bueno, la verdad.
1: A lo mejor is quite an interesting phrase. It means perhaps, maybe, and it's used... Similarly to kithas and talvez, it's a little more colloquial, so you're more likely to hear it spoken rather than read it. But it also is useful because you don't need to use a subjunctive after it. Normally with kithas or tal vez, you would tend to use a subjunctive depending on the situation. But a lo mejor normally has the indicative. Okay, let's listen to all our responses one more time.
4: Le cumpliría los los sueños a mis viejos y y los míos y viajaría toda la vida.
5: Pues, ¿qué haría con el dinero de la lotería? Eh, Me quitaría la hipoteca y estaría de vacaciones todo el día.
4: Pues seguramente compraría una casa en Barcelona, porque nos gusta mucho a mi marido y a mí y vendríamos todas las veces que pudiéramos con nuestros hijos y nada, no sé. El resto, me imagino que como todo el mundo, algún capricho, un, viajes.
3: Está claro que lo gastaría. Eso de, de decir no, yo lo doy a una ONG, no, eso no. Primero los gastos mí. Compraría una casa en la playa, un barco, un coche y no sé muchas cosas compraría, pero lo de la ONG lo dejaría al final. A lo mejor no queda bien, pero bueno, la verdad. Hoy hemos escuchado unas respuestas muy interesantes. Volvamos al estudio contigo.
0: ¿Planning for your next trip?
1: a todas las personas con las cuales Alba ha hablado. Ahora vamos a seguir con la segunda parte de este episodio. Es el momento de pasar a Laura para la frase idiomática de la semana. ¡Hola, Laura!
5: ¡Hola, Marc! ¡Hola, amigos!
1: ¿Qué tal estás, Laura?
5: ¡Fenomenal! ¡Hoy muy bien!
1: Pues me alegro. Entonces, como siempre, nos traes una frase interesante. ¿Y ¿Cuál es la frase idiomática de la semana?
5: «Tirar la casa por la ventana».
1: Wow. Entonces, tirar la casa por la ventana.
5: Es difícil, ¿verdad?
1: Un poco, sí. Entonces, la casa es the house, mm-hmm. claro. ¿Y la ventana? The window. The window, of course. So, tirar la casa por la ventana, to throw the house out of the window
5: pero ¿no vamos literalmente a tirar una casa por una ventana?
1: Que sería un poco poco difícil. Muy,
5: muy difícil. Imposible.
1: Cuéntanos entonces qué quiere decir esta frase.
5: Quiere decir que haces un gasto tremendo, un gasto muy grande. Gastas mucho dinero en algo.
1: Ok, por ejemplo, en un coche o algo así.
5: Por ejemplo, en una boda. ¿Quieres hacer una boda por lo grande, a todo lo alto? ¿Quieres hacer una gran celebración? Pues... Tiras la casa por la ventana y te gastas mucho dinero.
1: Muy bien, entonces, por ejemplo, si, si vas a celebrar una boda, la boda de tu hijo o de tu hija o algo así, y gastas mucho dinero en toda la preparación de la boda y en la celebración, esto es tirar la casa por la ventana.
5: Exactamente.
1: ¿Y quién lo diría? Por ejemplo, si yo he gastado mucho dinero, uh, en la boda de mi hija diría yo he tirado la casa por la ventana por, por la boda de mi hija o sería más bien las otras personas que dirían ah, Marca ha tirado la, la casa por la ventana
5: ambas, ambas son correctas lo puedes decir tú personalmente y tú sobre un tercero
1: vale, entonces en inglés creo que esto sería como to splash out
5: En inglés tenéis dos frases para decirlo. To splash out or to push the boat out.
1: To push the boat out. Creo que esta frase es una frase británica, digamos. No sé si dice en Estados Unidos to push the boat out. Pero to splash out creo que esto es universal.
5: Las dos. He escuchado las dos.
1: Vale. Pues entonces muchas gracias y hasta la semana que viene.
5: Hasta la semana que
0: viene. Un saludo.
1: Your Coffee Break Spanish magazine is something of an international production this week. Alba is as usual in Barcelona. Laura is in Scotland, although she's from Spain, as you know. I am in Berlin, where I am recording some material for our forthcoming Coffee Break German show. And now we're handing over, as usual, to Nayeli and JP, who are in Seattle. And they have another interesting question from a listener for us this week.
0: Thanks, Mark. This is JP Villanueva for Coffee Break Spanish Magazine, and I'm here with Nayeli. Hola, Nayeli. Hola, JP. Nayeli, we have a great question this week. It's from Rodney. Oh,
2: our friend Rodney Mm -hmm. always has great questions. He
0: does. He wants to know about this Mexican expression, this word chale. And he says he's heard it a lot but it seems to mean a lot of different things, <laughs> so...
2: I'm glad he points out that it's a Mexican expression because mm-hmm. it, you won't hear it in Spain and you won't hear it in South America. For the most part, chale means jeez. Um, jeez. And you use it usually...
0: When somebody says something surprising, right?
2: Surprising or something disappointing. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, geez, oh... It's more in disappointment. Mm-hmm.
0: Nelly, I think I failed my class.
2: Chale JP, you're gonna spend some time in summer school. Oh no. Geez, now you're really stuck in summer school. You okay. know, like you could be doing something better. So mm-hmm. it expresses, you know, that disappointment
0: okay. and
2: empathy for the bad news you uh-huh. just received kind of thing.
0: <laughs> oh no way. Chale.
2: It could also mean you're kidding.
0: Okay. Naeli, I just won the lottery.
2: Chale JP. Are you gonna <laughs> share it with me? Ah,
0: chale. No way.
2: I I would like to just let the audience know it's very informal
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it
2: tends to be associated with an uneducated spectrum of society.
0: All right. So when Um, you're giving, when you're presenting a paper at an academic conference, you're probably not going to use tele in the microphone.
2: Probably not. You'll hear it if you're out in the market Mm -hmm. or on the bus in Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's very colloquial. Okay. I wouldn't say it's something, you know, so let's say you have we have some of our audience who shows up in Mexico people would probably look at you kind of weird because you say chale and (laughs) you're blonde and blue eyed and they wonder where you learned that from. right,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something you can use with your friends though.
2: Yes. Okay. It's more banter type of language. Chale. Alright,
0: that's a great word to know. Thanks, Rodney, for your question. And ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to hear more from us, don't forget that Nayeli and I have our own show. It's called Q&A Spanish. And you can find the links to it at qandaspanish.com. And there you'll find all sorts of ways to ask us your questions about Spanish. That's all for this week. It's time now to return to Mark for the rest of this week's CBS Magazine.
1: So that's almost it for another edition of the Coffee Break Spanish magazine. This one has been a little more complicated to put together because I've been away, but thanks to everyone for their contributions and for taking part in our recording. Now, as I mentioned, I am in Berlin, Germany at the moment, recording some content for our Coffee Break German show, which is launching in January. And we're really excited about having a brand new Coffee Break language. Así que, si queréis aprender un poco de alemán, pues lo podréis hacerlo con nosotros a partir de enero. You can start learning German with us from January 2013. And this time round, I am the learner because my German isn't very good and I'm hoping to improve with Tomas and indeed our other contributors to Coffee Break German. All will be revealed in January. Bueno, ya está. Estaremos de vuelta la semana que viene. We'll be back again next week with another Coffee Break Spanish magazine. In the meantime, muchas gracias y hasta pronto.